This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Frida Liu. Good morning. It's Razy Game. Now, half the year has gone. A quarter of it was spent under lockdown and we're still not quite out of the woods yet in terms of being free of COVID-19. We've stepped into what is being called the new normal, which we still haven't quite defined yet as it keeps changing. Many are saying that 2020 is a wasted year and several people have created hilarious memes to that effect. They're calling it the nightmare year, the year of the zombie apocalypse, the horror movie we're living in. But on the flip side, others are calling the year that saved the planet, the reboot year. And the year of self-realization and innovation. What do you think? Well, it's the final Monday of the month, and we have Human Equation founder Sheila Singham back with us after a hiatus. Uh, today, we look at finding the silver lining at what we can take away from the past six months as we move forward into the next half year. What's your silver lining? First, of course, when the when the thing hit us, NCO and all that training came to a standstill. I sat a bit shell shocked, and I wondered. My heart took a dive and I said, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Then I said, you know what, I'm not just going to sit down here and do nothing and wait for business to come back and for, you know, everything to open up again. I have to reinvent myself. So the thing is, Frida, for the past year plus, uh, there's been this nagging feeling inside of me. Sheila, you need to get more well-versed with the whole digital arena. And I'm like, ah, no, I'm a bit old school. Uh, I'll just do what I do best, that is go into the classroom and do my thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But then uh, this also, so I, I learned one valuable lesson. Never uh, ignore what your gut feel is telling you, what your heart and head is telling you, mm-hmm. right? So this message, it was internally like, oh, you need to get digital now because, you know, at some point people get digital, blended learning and all that is going to come and take over. And I myself have been doing online and online program so I said hmm there's a future in this so when this COVID-19 hit and we all in the lockdown I started doing that I started getting well versed with the digital platform I started relearning I learned how to do videos webinars um, sort of you know learn the different platforms that uh, we uh, have to navigate to, to do meetings and so on um, I signed up for some programs. I signed up for storytelling program because I feel, Frida, now more than ever, mm. when we're being bombarded digitally by so many products, services, and people, we really need to learn how to stand apart from everyone else by the narrative that we, we weave and put out there. So I did that. Uh, I did a course of journaling um, because I felt that, you know, I, I can't talk so much face-to-face with people, but I can get them to do a lot of things on their own. So journaling is a great tool for coaching. Yeah. I, and I signed up on a virtual um, training program to learn how to deliver training virtually. So as you can see, I've been very busy. <laughs> uh, I've also um, been helping a lot of other people reinvent their business uh, businesses. So, um, you know, people whose businesses came to a standstill, sitting at home, feeling full of despair. Where are we going to earn an mm. income? So I said, instead of sitting, when you sit and do nothing, it's very easy to sink into despair and, you know, get really depressed and right. 
and really think now. So what you must do at that point is you need to pivot. Ask yourself, well, what can I do? Rather than focusing on what I can't do. Right. Uh, this is what I've been doing. I've been painting and uh, I just became a grandmother. All right. So okay. That should be saying that on radio <laughs> now. You'll know how old I am. <laughs> it could be a very young one. Anyway, but it's, it's like, I think that will probably take up the most time, the grandmother. But late, fortunately, it came in the later part of the, the, the MCO, right? Yeah. Now, have you yeah. been doing any coaching during the past three months and what are some of the issues people are going through and you know how have you helped them yes i have been going through some coaching very interestingly it's been a time of introspection for many of us so many people um some got laid off and they're wondering how do we go forward Mm. some are thinking well this is an opportunity for me and i sat down and thought about it i don't really like what i do maybe i want to go and do something else so they've come to me and said, can you help me to clarify my direction? Because I know I want to do something, but I don't know what I want to do. So mm. helping them to clarify that. And then there are relationships. Living with family under lockdown, not being able to go out can be very stressful. Yeah. So there have been people with relationship issues, uh, couples who live together, married, and then now decided, no, like, we cannot live together anymore. because. Oh the busyness of life before lockdown masked the fact that the relationship was empty, mm. you know. Mm. So when they were at home together, they realized there was nothing left. Mm. Now, it's not my job to help people get out of a relationship. Mm. Neither is it my job to help people stay in a relationship if they don't want to. Right. What I just do is help people to clarify what is it they really want, their expectations, to you know, do what they can internally to to operate at cost. Basically, that's what I do, Frida. Mm. Operate at cost. Stop operating at effects of other people's circumstances, mm. COVID, MCO, the world, your bosses, and all that. Right. But go and operate at cost to ask yourself how you can take control and function within the the the, the constraints, the paradigms, the limitations, the resources that you have. It's funny, you know, giving people control. Right. It's funny when you talk about people uh, wake up call, uh, and despite the fact that you hear job cuts and all that, I had, I had a couple of people as well take this time and said, you know, I want to do my own thing. So it's like, you know, despite the circumstances, people will say I'm worried about losing my job. There's some people who think this is a great time to start their own thing, right? Uh, so in terms yeah. of training, though, what are some of the more popular requests you have received? Okay, interesting uh, that many companies want training on how do they manage teams remotely. I mean, we've all been forced to work from home. So even in businesses that say, oh, no, 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 cannot work from home and all that, they all have had to do it. So, you know, uh, but then people are not prepared. How do you manage your teams at a distance? Mm. I can't just call them for a meeting anytime I want or walk up to their workstation and give instructions or discuss something, you know. It's always got to be done remotely. So, um, there are things that they, they it, it's very EQ based, it's very relationship based requests I'm having. How do you lead your teams in this environment? How do you motivate people? How do you get the best out of them? How do you have meaningful conversations uh, on the, over, over, you know, virtual platform? Mm. I've also been getting requests for sales training because salespeople can't go and see. I mean, they during MCL, they couldn't mm. go and see people face-to-face. And even now, although, you know, so much has been, you know, the restrictions have been eased up, 
a lot of people don't want to meet salespeople and it's still considered not safe. Like me, for example, I've got a newborn baby, a, a mother in confinement and an octogenarian in the house. So mm. I'm being very careful about who I go out and meet and who comes to see me even at the office. So right. there are a lot of people like that. So mm. how do you do sales over the you know, a virtual platform over WhatsApp, over Zoom and so on. Yeah. Uh, other things I've been getting a request for is storytelling. This is interesting, right? Because yeah. a lot of people didn't know what storytelling is. They didn't even know they had to think about telling their story. Yeah. So as a result of me um, going for a program, I uh, actually um, realized that it's so important to craft that story um, that will help you to get a clear narrative and set yourself apart from the myriad voices coming over social media. Mm. So I actually did uh, a talk with a, a fellow trainer of mine and the amount of um, feedback we got and interest we got just from that one hour talk. So I said, mm, okay, so I put it out there. I'm going to design a program on storytelling. And I've already got interest from companies wanting to know how their brand people, marketing people, salespeople, leadership can come up with the new stories. Mm. Uh, lots of requests for how to maintain work-life balance, mm. emotional intelligence, innovation, and so on. Right. Uh, almost all industries have proved that their employees can work from home. And should that be a permanent option? Or should we go back uh, to the previous norm, i.e., work from the office. No, what are the pros and cons of both? The question that begs to be asked is, why do we need to go back to the office and sit there for five, six hours when we can do it just as well this way? Mm. And I kind of tend to agree. People should be given a choice mm. and they should be evaluated on the output of their work, mm. not on how many hours they work. Yeah. If the output, the efficiency, performance goes down, then they should be told, okay, sorry, you have not lived up to those uh, expectations and you have to come back to the office where we can actually monitor you. Lah. I mean, if people cannot uh, appreciate that, that, that sort of the privilege mm. uh, of, of now being able to work from home, then you know, take it away from them or you know, have a chat with them to give them clear expectations on the fact that although you don't have to come and work from home now, but you're being allowed to, so it's a privilege. Now, when you talk about the pros, of course, I've been working from home pretty much a lot over the past 10 years since I started my own business. I love it. I love the flexibility. I love the freedom. Of course, if you're an employee and allowed to work from home, there is a measure of trust, and trust is something that really contributes towards a positive work culture and higher performance from those who value trust. Yeah. So those are some of the pros. The cons, of course, they have to disconnect when you're working from home. Yeah. And uh, I, I do have a reputation at home for being a bit of a workaholic yeah. because uh, sometimes I'm working till 10, 11, I forget to have meals and so on. So yeah. I've learned how to balance that. But there are a lot of people new to this game who still haven't learned that. So finding that work-life balance is also um, going to be a, a difficulty, right? Mm. Many people can't do it and then they get burnt out. They don't know how to draw boundaries, like boundaries with the family, like, hey, I'm at home, this is my workstation, my workspace, my work time, don't catch out, you know? And mm. for the office, okay, working hours done already, you cannot call me at midnight and tell me that you need this file and you need that file. Mm. Unless it's a crisis zone, you know, right. then there needs to be mutual respect. So working from home, those are the pros and cons. Working from the office, of course, 
pros of working for the office is always interaction. One of the things I've been finding, um, I've been discovering, and when I'm talking to, when I'm doing webinars and talking to employees and all that, they say that they miss that interaction, the camaraderie, the mm. hey, let's go for lunch today, you know, take a yep. train, go somewhere, that that bonding, the cigarette breaks, the coffee breaks. <laughs> And the ease of making decisions also has been affected because, you know, last time you just call a meeting, everyone decide you do. But now it's got to go through so many layers. You've got to schedule meetings and so on. Um, connectivity, definitely, although we've got so many platforms. Uh, there's nothing like, you know, you're, you're having a meeting room, you have a meeting, or a whiteboard, flip chart, PowerPoint, just project all there. Yeah. Everyone writes their stuff. I've been navigating with using these interactive tools online. It's not that easy, Lana. Right. Um, of course, the cons of working in the office, you I mean, travel, traffic. And for employers, I would say it's the real estate. The amount of money you spend on real estate. And then when people are working from home and you see all this empty space, you realize <laughs> you don't really need to be there. Right. I'm here with Human Equation founder Sheila Singham, BFM 89.9. Building First World Malaysians. BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, this is Frida Liu and I'm here with the Human Equation founder, Sheila Singham on Enterprise. Uh, we're talking about what's happened the last six months. How do we move forward? Now, now, if working from home is going to be the preferred option for the future, what are some of the strategies employees would have to use to ensure a sense of belonging and connectivity? One of the most important things now, Frida, uh, is that many employers, managers, leaders... They have to be retrained in the art of empathy. Mm. Yeah? Mm. Because it's very easy. Uh, we cannot continue working the way we did before if many of our employees are working from home. We cannot just be KPI focused. KPIs are important. But as leaders, we last time we could see them face to face, see that something is wrong by their demeanor, you know, their refusal to come out, have lunch with us or something, facial expression, all that. Very easier to see. Eh? Mm. So you could just understand something is wrong, maybe ask a question. But now it's all virtual. They are they are in their homes. They're removed from you. And you can't even get a feel of their energy if something is wrong. So there needs to be more of these meaningful conversations as in, hey, how are you doing? Look, it's Friday evening, 5, 5.30. Let's have a coffee together virtually, you know. Bring your family around. Let me meet your kids. I think there has to be that empathy going on. There has to be constant um, connection and socialization. But also within boundaries and respect people. You don't just call people anytime to have a work or personal conversation. You set up some schedules. You have team building online. Um, there has to be socialization. It cannot be always you calling about work. Cannot people get anchored negatively, you know, oh my mm. God, boss is going to be calling me, he's WhatsApp calling me now and there's a Zoom call going on. The minute mm. I see, I, I see the, the boss is calling for that, I begin to have anxiety. So you don't want to be that kind of a boss line. Huh? Yeah. There has to be a lot of appreciation. There's a lot of people are working remotely from home. They're not being monitored, but they're still producing what you are, they're being asked to. And you might say that, you know, as a, as a, as a team leader, leader, you might say, yeah, but I'm being, you're being paid to do that, you know. And now on, you don't even have to come to the office. You can stay at home and do it. So that's a privilege. Yes, but they're also having to function a lot 
on their own. Yeah. They need to take initiative. And also, you need to constantly show appreciation. You need to have a balance. Now, more than ever, leaders have also got to take on the role of maybe counselling, coaching, mm. mentoring, mm. Uh, not just managing. Uh, no? right. And there has to be a lot of respect mm. and trust. I'm one person who believes trust needs to be given. Mm. And then if they abuse the trust, then you accordingly act. Right. But then you, if you just start off by mistrusting everybody and imagining that, oh, you're working from home, you're going to fool around, you're going to be sleeping on the job. And all that. If you start mistrusting, mistrusting people like that, they're not going to live up. I, I always believe it's always best to be on the side of expecting good things from right, people right. Uh, rather than expecting bad things. I, I've used that in parenting. I, yeah. I've used that in, in, in management. I've used that in the training room. And it's always works. And they will live up to your expectations, whatever it is, good or bad. You know, if you, yeah, if you think yeah. that the highly of them, then they will act accordingly, right? Now, many people are also holding back from making major professional decisions uh, that is, you know, to should we move forward our plans or put them on hold and wait and see, you know, what are your thoughts? Because it's such a such a big question mark, right? 2020. Oh. Oh. Okay, I think um, you need to, you need to weigh all the options. I think you need to study um, the consequences, the possible consequences of what you're going to be doing, of what you're planning. Mm. If there are small decisions which don't require a huge output of your resources um, in terms of time, money, finances, budget, all that, then consider it. I'm going by my own personal uh, experience. Mm -hmm. The thing is, when you have been three months under lockdown and there's been no income, yeah, mm. you ask yourself, should I spend money on this? Does that cost? Should I go and spend money on that? Should I spend money on that? Then you look and you weigh the options. You say, okay, if I spend money on that, is it just to satisfy myself or is it going to take me to a certain direction? Uh, what is the output going to be? Mm. And then I weigh it. So, for example, um, I, I was going to sign up a storytelling program. Mm. It wasn't cheap. Mm. And that was like, say, about two months, about a month into lockdown. And I'm like, should I spend that money? Mm. And I said, yes. I think it is something that I feel strongly about. It's going to be very, very useful in my work and can I spin it into a business opportunity so I made that decision to mm. do that mm. so I think um, now I mean very frankly if you're being tired of your job if you're fed up and you say no I can't take it anymore I want to quit you got to ask yourself do you have reserves to survive for the next three to six months right. because this thing is not going to go away right yeah, companies are downsizing, uh, people are letting go. I, I just heard of Grab letting go mm. of staff, you know. So big companies that were so established, growing, uh, are letting go of staff. And so you need to ask yourself, can I survive six months to one year based right. on my reserve? Yeah. If I cannot, if I cannot survive one or two months, then uh, you, I better not quit now. I, be, I better just sort of like swallow whatever it is stick it out so that I can support myself. Are you going to be able to eat or not? Right. If you are, then make the decision. If you think that you want to start a business, do a market study first. La. Find out what mm. is the, um, you know, are you going, okay, I want to make masks, you know. Mm. Are you going to be able to survive on just making masks? 
alone. Mm-hmm. If you are not, then mm-hmm. don't give up your day job, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But again, if there are little small courses that you want to sign up for that are going to upskill you to be able to take on a new role. So, for example, I have a friend who just quit her job, sent it in a resignation, mm-hmm. and I said, what are you going to do? She said, I'm going to go back to what I was doing before I took on this job, which is social media management. Hmm. Now, about two to three years ago, that was not a big need. But today, everybody is looking for social media management. People can't write, but they want to have a social media presence. So I said, well, it's a good time for you. Hmm. Small companies, SMEs that need to put themselves out there and have not done it. Everyone's turning to social media now. Hmm. I'm seeing a big increase in LinkedIn profiles. Even me, I admit, <laughs> I, I uh, confess that I wasn't big on LinkedIn, but now at least every day I check in, I, I, I post something, I make comments. And, and every other aspect of social media is just booming right now. So yes, is there a market? Yes. So look where you want to go. Is there an opportunity mm. in your geographical area, in the sector, in the region that you're in, right. in the industry that you're in? If there is, so don't simply quit your job and go because you've had this epiphany during lockdown, three months at home, you went inside, got all zen and decided, you know, I want to leave this life and go and do something else. Can go and do, but can survive now. Can eat enough. Right. Right. It, it's very important. The very simple question, reserves, right? And then because, yeah. I, and you know, I have some reserves, which is now a lot more because I don't get to travel. Yeah. <laughs> so the, win-win. Okay, now, um, so we really don't know how long this uncertainty of having a, a deadly virus around us will last. So how can we be prepared for whatever lies ahead? How do we keep ourselves, I think, positive, right? And not sink into oh. despair. Oh. Okay. So I go back to what I call reframing. And reframe is something I teach in most of my programs because it helps you to pivot your mindset from being at effect of what's happening around you to being at cause. Okay? And this is where a book that I read, it was called Feel the Fear. uh, Face the Fear and Do It Anyway. Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Susan Jeffers. I I read this one 20 years ago. It was a very defining book for me because Mm. I realized from the book there are no wrong decisions. There are only decisions that don't work for you. Mm. So about 12, 14 years ago, 12 years ago, when I was going to quit my job and start Human Equation, my company, Many people said to me, hey, the market is down. You know, training is the first thing that uh, they will let go of training budgets. What's going to happen to you if your business fails? How? I said, look, I've been a journalist. I can do this. I can go back to journalism. Mm -hmm. I can go back into paid employment with any company to do training. Mm -hmm. And uh, worst comes to worst, if I don't want to do that, I will go and sell nasi lemak. So I can do that. I'll open a store with some nice fancy nasi lemak, you know. And I, I'm never going to be afraid of failure because failure is just one way of telling you what doesn't work for you. I don't right. even like the word failure. Mm. I always look and see what learnings can you take. So coming back to reframing, ask yourself during this time, if things haven't worked for you, what is the learning you need to take for it, from it? Mm. Maybe this a particular thing that you're doing is not for you. Maybe this is time that you need to pivot and go and step forward into your calling, mm. into your passion. Because sometimes we never see what's our calling, what's our passion, because it's all masked by our comfort zone. Yeah. So when you are, the comfort zone is stripped away from you, is then when you, instead of 
you know, yes, it's easy to feel despair and we're human. And even I have felt despair when uh, lockdown first hit me and, and that work came to censor. But then you sit and ask yourself, what can I do to take control back of my life, my business, you know? Mm. And you go back and you take that control. You, you, mm. you upskill yourself. Mm. If you don't have the necessary skills, there's so many courses on the internet that are cheap. Mm. I signed up for a course that was £30. Like how much cheaper can you get, mm. right? Mm. So go and learn. Go and upskill. Talk to people, you know, if you if you need some coaching, talk to someone. Sound use people who are um, in business and all that as a sounding board. Do self improvement. It's important at this time to not let your life come to a standstill. It's important to keep doing new things, to learn new things. Because every time you learn a new thing, your your confidence level goes up. And when your confidence level goes up, then you begin to realize that there are more possibilities out there. Have fellowship, keep mm. the faith, um, <laughs> and interact. The, the natural tendency when you're feeling down is to go closet yourself in your room and shut the door and lie down under the covers and say, oh, the world is so dark and full of despair. You know, there's a virus out there that's going to get me. And remember, perception is projection. Mm. I found this to be very, very true in my life, in my work. What you focus on is what you attract. You keep saying, oh, there's a zombie uh, apocalypse <laughs> and there's a, there's a virus out there. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get kuna. Sure, you're going to kuna. They'll but come and get you. <laughs> Ah, but of course, don't be like falsely optimistic. Say, oh no, COVID not going to get me and then go out there where everyone right. is sneezing, breathing in your face and all that. La, be sensible. I would mm. say always have a balance between positivity and optimism mm. and sensibility and the hard facts. Thanks for being with us. I hope to see you face to face next month. Uh, Sheila Singham uh, here with, from Human Equation here with us on the final Monday of every month. Uh, this is Enterprise BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.